Student, we talked about hair a lot, but it's about students because it's about uh, school rules and hair and stuff. And it's weird how much play these stories get because it just keeps happening again and again and again. That's kind of the issue. Uh, When there's sort of one resolution, like if you are not born with naturally black hair in Japan and the school rules, you have black hair, should those students be made to dye their hair? It's sort of a spirit of the law versus the intent of the law, the the letter of the law. I've forgotten my idioms now. But always, it keeps coming up because there's always a new way to interpret rules that surprises me. And it's because, again, one of the problems with a lot of Japanese rules, this is not necessarily laws, uh, Japanese rules is that they are purposely vague. So there was a, a graduation, high school graduation was very recently. Uh, and a student was told he couldn't sit with his friends because of his hair. He was made to wait on the second floor by himself. And when they called his name, they said, don't come downstairs and respond to your name being called. That's actually really disappointing. Uh, so he left halfway through the event. So he's like, well, like if I can't participate in the graduation, if I can't actually do the whole thing that I'm supposed to do while I'm here, why stay here? So he left. And what was so egregious about his hair? Uh, he actually went to a salon the previous day to make sure his hair was sort of tidy. Now the school rule was that no further than your ears, hygienic and appropriate for high school. So no further than your ears, that's very specific. So it has to be shaved sort of above your ears, which I assume would include sort of the nape of your neck has to be clean and all that stuff. We actually saw that, I think it was just last week with the elite high school where your bangs had to be a certain length. They couldn't touch your eyebrows, but naturally. So if I push my hair down, I don't have enough hair to actually demonstrate with. If I push my hair down and it touches my eyebrows, that's too long. Where the teachers were abusing that by pulling hair forward and then the, at that school, if your hair was inappropriate, you could be expelled. Hygienic, so if he washes his hair, that's, that's taken care of. So it's the appropriate leaves it open because what does that mean? What is appropriate hair? And he went to a salon the day before to get his everything sort of taken care of so it would be appropriate. Um, this kid, he's half Japanese and his father is African-American. So he has not an Afro per se, but his hair grows out. And so what he thought, ah, what I'll do is I'll go to a salon, I'll take the time and I'll get cornrows so that it's all tight and neat and therefore follows the rules, hygienic and appropriate for school. The teachers, of course, being Japanese teachers, they don't see cornrows very often. So they're like, well, that's not normal. That's not usual. Therefore, that's not appropriate for high school. So you have to go be excluded from your graduation ceremony. You have to go stand up in a room by yourself and just stay there for the entirety of the ceremony. Uh, This, like many of the rules, is like, like the kid was literally trying to follow the rules. Their opinion differed from his because he's like, well, I want my hair to be neat. I don't want to shave it. Uh, He went to his father. His father looked up some cornrows. He's like, this is what sort of black people do to keep their hair, you know, tight to their head uh, without cutting their hair. So he did that. 
which is an incredibly appropriate thing to do. He actually went to his dad. He's like, dad, I want to, you know, do this. Went to a salon, paid probably extra. I know cornrows take forever. So paid extra, took all that time. And then someone's like, nah, I don't like it because I haven't seen it before. Therefore, it's not appropriate. This has caused a bit of a brouhaha. All these rules coming to the forefront and being exposed in this way are causing brouhaha's, which is a good thing because really we have to examine, is the rule appropriate? Um, and what does appropriate mean? If you can't keep vague rules and expect people to you know, attempt to follow the rule, get in trouble for it, and then there to be no backlash. Like, if you want it to be appropriate, you have to explain what appropriate is. Now, I'm betting they're going to say anything that isn't just a standard Japanese haircut with standard Japanese hair is not appropriate. But then you run into the problem of, there's just too many mixed kids now. They don't have naturally black hair and they don't have naturally straight hair that falls on their shoulders or whatever, like, like nor Japanese kids do. Principal had to do a press conference after that. And he said, it's not like the student couldn't attend because he had to go elsewhere, which is a, almost a nonsensical statement. He couldn't attend because the teachers made him sit in another room. So the teachers enforced this rule. And you know, I just, it, it is, it's very frustrating because Japan is now kicking and screaming, being forced into modernity. It's being pulled into a modern culture that is now mixed. And it means the rules that were just accepted and given, because if everyone has the same type of hair, these hair rules were very easy to interpret appropriate but my hair doesn't do anything so basically if i just show up and it's been cut and washed it's appropriate now you got kids who have different hair those rules do they apply because now appropriateness is called into question i think we're going to see a bunch of this and then it's going to become a case of like because in the in the previous story it was civil rights human rights is what they were talking about and you might be like well human rights and haircuts I mean, they seem kind of far away, but no, it's like basic dignity. If you're being forced to go to an educational institution because you have to go to school and I don't look like everyone else, is that appropriate and acceptable? Well, I'm sorry, in a, in a culture where we're supposed to be accepting of other people's differences, which Japan does claim to be, uh, they really do struggle with that because the reality and the claims are often different. Uh, this is going to happen again, and it's going to keep coming up and the bit I'm enjoying most is it's every single time it comes up, it's surprising me in a new way. So last week was teachers abusing the rules. This week was just a kid with hair they'd not really dealt with before, which goes all the way back to that kid in Osaka who had naturally brown hair, who was forced to dye her hair and then sued the, the school board. Uh, there was one girl who had her hair photoshopped black in the yearbook. We're going to have to start maybe accepting the kids aren't the same. Uh, especially as Japan's, honestly, as the population shrinks, you're going to get more mixed kids because immigration is going to make up the difference. And this is the bit that the Japanese government isn't willing to accept. Immigrants are going to come to Japan and fill the rules that aren't being filled by Japanese people. They're going to marry Japanese people. You're going to have more and more mixed kids, which means these rules. Now the rule itself becomes inappropriate. I learned something. So the Bar Association brought a case to change discrimination rules about 
prisoners being held, detainees. Uh, up until now, so this hasn't gone through yet, so the rule is still technically in place, but it's being challenged by the, the Bar Association. If you were being detained by police, so I'm being detained by police. Um, I Before a trial, I couldn't you know, go buy anything. I had basically, I could get maybe clothes brought to me from my home, from my family, and I could wear a suit or something appropriate to a trial. Women, on the other hand, could get skin lotion before a trial. So basically, if you were a female being detained, you could spend your own money and have skin products brought to you before your trial so you could look best for your trial. But that rule was not in place for men. So this is an interesting, uh, again, social bias that men don't need skincare products. I have to moisturize every day or my skin falls off. Um, I am growing a beard currently. Uh, if you watch the video, you can see it's got some very distinguished gray in it now. Uh, that's a bigger patch than it was three years ago, last time I actually grew a beard. So I'm interested to see how it ends up looking. Men don't need that, so they don't get it. Uh, the Bar Association says this is discrimination. Now, this came to light because a trans woman was being detained and wanted skin toner and moisturizer before the trial, which as a woman, you're supposed to be able to get. But Japan is still really struggling with the relationship of trans people to society. So is it a man? Is it a woman? Legally, I would bet this trans woman, actually, I don't know. They don't say. But someone is like, well, that's not a woman. That's a man. Therefore, they don't get skin care products. But legally a woman, therefore, should get skincare products. But it actually brings up this other thing where, well, what if I chunk my beef chest of Ninja News Japan and being detained? Why don't I get skincare products? So either the rule is going to be interesting because I don't know what the Bar Association is arguing for. Are they arguing for everyone should be able to get skin products before their trial or nobody should get skin products before their trial? It's a very interesting conundrum. Uh, it also comes into play like there is a weird uh, financial bias. So since I have to use my own money, let's say I am now allowed to buy skin products as a man who's being detained. So I can buy better skin products and make myself look good. Whereas a person who's poor can't buy skin products and they don't look as good. And as much as people would like to deny it, appearance is very important in sort of the impression you give. Uh, and it's just, it has an impact on society. The, the pretty privilege is a proven fact that the more attractive you are, the easier your life is overall. You get the sort of like more benefits, you get treated better, you get more promotions. Being attractive has benefits. I mean, this is why my life has just been so easy the whole time. Because people just look at me, they see sunshine, and they just want more sunshine in their life. So I get everything I want. But the argument could be made that if some people get skin products and other people don't, that's an unfair bias when they go to trial. So either they should argue that skincare products are provided by the government, which I don't think that is a, a valuable use of um, taxpayer money. Or you can buy skincare products, but it has to be like a set range that everyone can afford, which the rich people would complain about. Uh, Donald Trump recently being indicted would be interesting because if he couldn't buy his clear like spray tan skin toner stuff to make him like as orange as he is, 
like when he comes out and he's really pale like I am, would that give a more negative or more positive impression is actually the side. But according to the rule, if he was being detained in Japan, because he's been indicted, uh, he's not being detained. You know what I mean? He wouldn't be able to get the skin thing that he uses to make himself look orange. Uh, so he would come out of that prison less orange than when he went in, which is a very interesting concept. It's a very interesting idea of what he would end up looking like. And would that have a positive or negative impact on his trial? Because that's kind of what they're actually arguing for is that you can't have some people get stuff and other people don't get stuff. Um, are they going to make it available to everyone? I'm actually interested to see how this plays out. And it's also very interesting that it's a trans woman that set this all in motion. A U.S. report on Japan's human rights, uh, specifically talking about Japanese textbooks. Now, Japanese school boards choose textbooks. This is uh, something that happens in most countries with, with school curriculums. Uh, they tend to choose textbooks that sort of ignore or gloss over uh, Japan's militaristic history. And this has been a complaint from surrounding countries, certainly the ones sort of, you would say, victims to Japanese imperialism. Korea, China, they always say like your history books are inaccurate. Uh, they they uh, don't represent what actually happened to people who were under Japanese imperial rule, that kind of stuff. And I think that's pretty legitimate. I think that history books should be sort of as accurate as possible. It's very hard to uh, produce a book. A video I saw the other day, I think it was on TikTok or something, and it was basically young people didn't recognize the swastika. Um, because they'd never learned about it in school. They didn't know about World War II. They didn't know about the Nazi party. They certainly didn't know about Japan's role in World War II and maybe the, some of the things it did as a member of the uh, Axis powers. That's, this story comes up every year. I suddenly this year found it very interesting because if I remember correctly, America maybe shouldn't be calling out countries for their uh, book policies. Because if I remember correctly, there are certain elements within the American educational system that are vying to ban books. And there have been several pictures posted online of empty shelves in school libraries. And there was an, another ironic story that because it can't have sex in it, it can't have this in it, it can't have that in it. So someone used those rules to get the Bible banned, which of course this comes from the, the sort of Bible positive groups people uh, in, in power or legislating these rules. Tom, a longtime listener, super fan, sent in this story to me. If you want to send in this story, you can send it to chunkmcbeefchest at gmail.com. You can go to speakpipe.com slash chunkmcbeefchest. Uh, you could just go on Twitter and send me a direct message on Twitter. Uh, I may not get it right away. I only check, tw check Twitter once or twice a week. I don't, I don't really engage with social media. It's one of the reasons why this is such a small community is because I don't spread it properly. So maybe this is my call to action moment, which is something I don't normally do. If you enjoy Ninja News Japan, you know someone who enjoys the news, you know someone who's interested in Japan, please I recommend Ninja News Japan. You can get it on Spotify. You can get it on uh, your podcast catcher. You can get it on uh, YouTube. It's everywhere. Search for Ninja News Japan. It'll probably come up pretty quick somewhere, somehow. I'd appreciate it. I don't want to spend my time going like, like and subscribe. I actually, that's a joke with me and my friends. 
But at the same time, I do want the podcast to grow. So if you have someone you know who would be interested in it, please give them a recommendation. And uh, I'm going to stop that because I already feel like I've talked too long about it. But Tom, appreciate the effort. Sent me this. It's Tax Heaven 3000. And it's a visual novel for filling in your U.S. taxes. So if you live in Japan, you still have to fill in your taxes back home. And taxes are difficult. They're complicated. And you're a nerd living in Japan, so you're obviously uh, not engaging with legal documents properly because it doesn't hold your attention. Uh, This, by creating it and putting it in visual novel form, will absolutely hold your attention because you have to get through all the steps to create the best relationship with your waifu. The interesting thing, there's multiple endings. So is it like if you try to lie on your taxes, she doesn't like you anymore? Or if you don't declare something properly, your relationship falls apart. And if you do everything right and uh, claim your taxes and you have to pay money back, she's disappointed. But if you do everything right and you get a refund, she loves you more. That's the best ending. I don't know. Uh, The actual issue with this is that Tax Heaven 3000 has been removed from Steam. Uh, I did enjoy while I was looking into the game itself. Uh, the quote was, let's, play, let's pay federal taxes while having a romance with my wife. The interesting thing, I think this is a, a poor translation because a romance with your wife might actually be more appropriate, but I haven't played the game. So maybe I am having a romance with your wife as in someone else. I'm the, the person using my taxation sexuality to try to get your wife away from you and into my bed creating a a new exciting situation. But maybe I fail. Maybe that's one of the endings. The reason it was removed from Steam is because, of course, it has to ask to fill in your taxes. Very personal information. The phrase is actually in the game, I want to know more about you, such as your social security number. And then, of course, you have to put your social security number into the game. It'll fill out the form for you, which makes sense. But also, can you trust this company to keep your information private. Is it connected? If you play through Steam, it's connected to the internet. Now, because it was removed from Steam, the creator of the game uh, said you can go to the website and download directly to your computer, which would technically be safer, right? Because you could actually, let's disconnect from the internet. I'll fill in, I'll play this visual novel. It'll fill in my taxes. And then I can send in my taxes separately. That seems fair. But so it seems like, I don't want to make any statements of uh, fact, it seems like the creator of this game is not trying to gather your information because he's saying, download the game to your PC and then play it separate from the internet is fine. It will still work. Uh, but a lot of people are like, as soon as you ask for someone's social security number, we can't really put a lot of faith in you and trust you that this is all above board, which I think is fair. Uh, but I would say be safe. Don't use a visual novel to file your taxes. I have seen my future. So as you all know, I've stated many times, I am a 50-year-old man. And we went through a sequence of weeks where 50-year-old men were doing just the absolute creepiest stuff. There was one 50-year-old dude, and for some reason, this is one sticks in my head more than anything else. And he snuck up on a girl who was just standing around looking at books or something in a, in a mall and just started licking her shoes unbeknownst to her. That one, I think just the level of creepiness there is why, why it sticks out in my memory. But I think I've seen my future because a man who's 54 years old, so only like three, four years in my future, 
he was arrested for repeatedly challenging his neighbor to a one-on-one fight. And that's it. I can totally see myself ending up in a situation where I spend my free time challenging people to one-on-one fights. So what happened is a neighbor had warned the man about the noise his car makes back in December. And the man, I'm assuming the car was really loud and it was like one of these, like he's, he's tuned it up to make more noise. The man did not take well to that. Uh, he started harassing his neighbor. The police actually went and warned him in March and said like, look, you're doing too much. You're uh, causing trouble and distress and you're going to get in trouble. So they just warned him, said like, you got to ease off this thing. Just give up. That, of course, incensed the man and made it even worse. Between March 12th and 13th, he went to the house 13 times, rang the bell multiple times. So like each time he arrived, he didn't just ring it. He rang it multiple, multiple times. And he left three notes in the mailbox. Let's fight one-on-one. So at least he had a certain amount of uh, old-style dueling respect for his neighbor he's like you you want to you got this problem uh, let's solve it mano a mano the, the interesting thing is what would have been the resolution so like we go out so he challenges me to a fight i've complained that his car is too noisy he challenges me to a fight i go out and i fight him and i beat him does he now have to like take apart his car and make it quieter like there had to be some sort of resolution i assume if he wins he gets to make as much noise as he wants. he gets to call me like a, a, a wussy or something but I don't think they ever think about the other flip side. Like, if I win, what do I get? Other than calling the police and putting a restraining order on him for challenging me to fights multiple times. But I was like, if I win the fight, this would have to be established before the fight. If I win the fight, you have to, like, make your car as silent as possible, which would be actually the most humiliating end of this situation for a man like that. But... I'm wondering if, yeah, at some point when you hit in your 50s, there's a flip switch in your head that flips that just sets you off. So you either end up being super creepy or super aggressive. And I'm really, really looking forward to see what happens to me. If Ninja News Japan as a podcast just suddenly goes dark one day, you can assume the reason is because I am probably being detained and demanding skincare products. <laughs>